Hello there. Welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. I'm um, Jay Wall today. How's it going, guys? <laughs> Jay Wall every day to me, man. Tonight, <laughs> and, and tonight, and speaking of today, today we got a special guest right here. I don't want to ignore this guy. He's an important man. We have the guitarist of A Love for Enemies, Buck Nasty and Shepherds, and local Long Island business owner of uh, such illustrious establishments as uh, Vox Hall, New Wave Burrito Bar, and the Amityville Music Hall, Dan Valentino, how you doing? What's up, guys? Danny. Doing good. Doing very well. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining in. us. Yeah. Absolutely. Good to see you. Hell's yeah. Dan, I kind of gave people a little idea what's going on. People in the local scene here might be familiar with some of those establishments, but mm-hmm. before we get into all that, uh, let's break it down. Like, What part of Long Island are you from, if you don't mind talking about that? I'm from Dix Hills, uh, so Huntington. Grew up in the whole Huntington area. I uh, went to high school in St. Anthony's. Yes, I'm still living in Huntington, so that's, that's my whole thing. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. yeah. And are you from a particularly like musical family or a creative family? I'm actually not. <laughs> My dad's like a car guy. He owns a junkyard in Huntington Station my whole <laughs> life. Fucking awesome. Oh, um, awesome. My brother's a great drummer, but I just, I don't know. It came from a different place. I guess my, my cousin showed me Guns N' Roses and Beastie Boys. And we're like, this is, this is what we're doing. Okay. So, All right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then slowly got into punk music. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can figure out guitar. And my brother was 11. And I'm like, uh, I'm going to buy you a drum set. You're the drummer now. And we just started doing bands from there. So uh, you, f- you picked up guitar and then like made your brother play drums. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saved up my money. I'm like, Chris, you're going to be a drummer. Turns out he's a great drummer. Amazing. He went on to be on in Lux Courageous on yeah. Triple Crown Records. But I was like, yo, you're, you're playing drums, buddy. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Okay, so your brother went on to be in Lux Courageous. Lux Courageous, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm familiar with the name. Yeah, all right. Awesome. yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I know they're definitely uh, well supported, and they've they've accomplished, in, you know, in their own scene. Yeah. Before we jump ahead too far, because uh, I know you went to St. Anthony's there, mm-hmm. and that's where you either met or you you know fostered friendships with a lot of people that that you and I have in common. Yes. Most notably, Tom Ander uh, yeah. of Buckshot Facelift. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that people know, and and, uh, and Gray Sky's Fallen. Yeah. Like maybe if you could just kind of talk to people and talk to the listeners about the local scene, uh, you know, in Long Island, but also like what you guys were listening to and what it was like just getting into heavy music or faster music at that point when you were in high school so started going to punk shows realizing that that was a thing that was happening on Long Island and ska shows and then one day it was Deja One in Mineola yes it was like every other Friday was a ska show but on the other Fridays it was usually a hardcore show that Christopher McKnight would book so oh, yeah. it was like we yeah, wanted to go like every week so I'm like mom let's go to this show it ends up being Cleanser's last show with Two Men Advantage Arkham a um, whole bunch of other bands. Right. And I was like, oh, this is this is cool. I, already, I heard about VOD. I heard of, there was something going on on Long Island with heavy music. But I was like, oh, this is a whole other thing. I think I like this. So what year is this about? Like 98? Yeah. 98's first hardcore show. Um, and then after that, I was just hungry for it. And then, so there was 98, and then started St. Anthony's. And then a year older than me was Chris Loveridge. I'm Anderer, <laughs> the Strong Point Boys. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I was like, guys, I want to go to these shows. I want to go to these shows. And then I found about Sound Majority, mm-hmm. uh, Mind Over Matter, Yuppa Side, all the wreckage bands, Indecision. Yeah, this is all stuff that was real heavy. People of a certain age right now, between your 30s and 40s on Long Island, to know exactly what Oh, yeah, this, about. Is, this yeah. is like your Bible. Yeah. This is like what got you into everything. Yeah, that, you would read about all this in uh, Under the Volcano magazine. Under the Volcano, yeah. yes. <laughs> you go to... You go to the Tower Records and Honey, yeah, it's now yeah. uh, it's Models now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they always have the Under the Volcano there waiting for you. Or None like, of the Above Records in yes. Center Reach, which is a, a nail salon now, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I got into that and just 
hungry for it. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed that Long Island was doing so much. I couldn't believe it. I was like, you know, I understood the Victory Records thing. I'm like, Snapcase is happening, Hapri's happening. And I was like, but wait, Indecision's from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And Sound Majority's from, you know, Lindenhurst. And I was like, this is really cool. It's just like, these are not my peers, a little bit older, but like, we just go to local shows and it's fucking awesome. Yeah, and a, a, there was a lot of stuff going on in like church basements and VFW oh, yeah. halls and even house shows. House shows I don't remember so much in the 90s, maybe every once in a while, but mm-hmm. it was mainly these halls that people would rent. You know, the yeah. Moose Lodge or something of that nature. And you would see, like, there was uh, Cypher was big. E-Town Concrete was from New Jersey, but they would hit Long Island a lot in those oh, days, yeah. you know. And, uh, yeah, a lot of, like, real cool underground shows, man. I, I don't know if there's a lot of those type of shows, uh, you know, nowadays, the VFWs and all that sort of thing, man. I, you know, it seems like that go- that is going away a little bit. There's not really. Yeah. Um, I know that the local Hawker kids, there's a really good young Hawker scene going on right now. Um, I'm just, maybe I'm, I'm too old. Oh, no. No, it's just, <laughs> if you, you no, I mean, like, I, so I have Amityville Music Hall, which was Village Pub South and Broadway. Mm-hmm. That we all know that's how, you know, we all. Mm-hmm. That's how we met. Yeah. That's how we met. Shows, shows, yeah. yeah. Um, there really isn't that many of the VFW halls anymore. Yeah. They all got mm-hmm. they all got smart to it. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. you got to take out insurance, if you, like $30,000 insurance if you uh, want to have one show. And because you're it's like, true. I can't, how the hell, I'm fucking 15 years old, I can't book a show. Like it that. went from like yeah. humble beginnings, started getting violent a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, in like mid-2000s, and then people started shutting it down. It got a little violent, it got ignorant. You know, it was, fights, <laughs> it was so fun. You know, yeah. After yeah. you have a few fights in parking lots, a few drunken teenagers, a few bathrooms vandalized, I guess these places, with, with good reason, they decided to stop booking live music. You know, or something like that. You know, a lot, a lot of those VFW halls. I, you know, I, I know the one on Pulaski Road here in Huntington. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to say the group, but a crew back in the ni- in the late '90s vandalized the shit out of that bathroom, and that's when they stopped booking shows. But before that, you had like Millhouse and VOD and some people playing there. You know, and that was it's a good thing till somebody ruins it for everybody. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I love it, but you know, we we have Amityville Music Hall. <clears throat> it's like. It's not patting myself on the back, but it's like one of the only places left. I'm saying it in a way that we're keeping it going because yes. it's legit because there aren't that many places. Yes. And I'm totally yes. about it. I'm like, a bunch of young kids put a show together in a VFW hall. I'd love to see it. Yes. Love to see it. It's yeah. really fucking hard now. It's it, hard because they, they yeah. know. Yeah. And talking about Amityville Music Hall now, you, you touched on it. Maybe some of the younger people that have been going to shows there the last few years don't even realize the history of that building. You touched on it, Village Pub South. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and and there was there have been shows and bands playing in that building, in that space, uh, at that location for years uh, under different management and locations. But what did you guys do specific? Because I noticed there's a lot of changes been made to accommodate yeah. live music. So, like, you want to talk about what's different now about the space? Well, I'm 35. Mm-hmm. I played that space when I was 14 years old. It was called The Wrong Way In. <laughs> and my ska band. Yes. It yeah, wasn't yeah. even a stage. It was like some weird fence thing in front of the stage, which was like just really weird situation. Yeah. But they were having shows all the way back then. And then I just kept changing hands and changing hands and changing hands. I was working uh, at my partner's bar, Leaky Lifeboat, and I'm, I'm bartending on a Monday night. And he's like, hey, Dan, I'm not really doing anything. Uh, you want to buy in and get Village Pub South Broadway going again I'm like I'm literally not doing anything I'm not playing in a band anymore like yeah let's do it um, it's just it's wild to think that maybe because it's like kind of in the center of the island 
in the train stations right there mm-hmm. but it's been a music venue for that long it's like crazy to think about it, it has mm-hmm. stuck around like while so many places has just have, have yeah, like it, shut it, down and it's, stuff, yeah. it's a wild thing especially because it's had and i don't care about saying it it's a terrible management over the years <laughs> the fact that it has it like yeah. burnt to the ground is wild yeah you know yeah, yeah. um yeah how about that wiring right here let <laughs> yeah, me get started <laughs> Well, well, that's that's what I'm saying is that when you walk in now, if you're familiar with the building through the years, uh, you know, you guys have made some renovations and even the outdoor patio. It's a little more accommodating now, you know? Yeah. So we took it over. Oh, wow. I'm actually getting old. I can't remember the actual times. So that must have been on year six now, I think. Okay. Um, we came in. We, we literally gutted the whole thing. Uh, my friend Eric Bardo, who's a singer of Love for Enemies, he worked for Samson. He really took care of us with it. It was a, like a very community effort. You know, he hooked us up with an endorsements of Samson. We redid the whole sound system, redid the stage, made it, got rid of that dumb ramp that I know everyone remembers. Oh was, yeah, that's yeah, uh, the like, most useless thing in the world. Yeah, that was that was just like a novelty piece. To yeah, fall like, down. Yeah, yeah. it's too steep to wheel anything up it. And yeah, just, <laughs> and bang your head on the speaker. So we t- we we saw what it was. Like, let's make it nice. It, it's funny though when we open we're like all right we're gonna do heavy music sometimes we're gonna do you know select heavy yeah. music and it was almost like week three and i'm like who the fuck are we kidding and then i'm just like we're just we're just gonna do whatever we want you know <laughs> we're gonna have mad ball we're gonna have chromax we've had norma jean we've had glass jaw mm-hmm. you know like let's just let's just stick to what we know and, and it's and been so much fun it's the best and over the years, you've also had Dying Fetus, ob- oh, yeah. Obituary, yeah. and Black Dahlia Murder. Yeah, Black Dahlia. Oh, yeah. And all due respect to the space, but I mean, that must that, that's <clears throat> cramming them in like sardines with those shows. Those are big bands, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and I hope that Amityville Police Department, you know, we love you guys. You're great. <laughs> allegedly. We're, we're, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Allegedly, those bands crammed them in. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the Dillinger show, the, the sold out double show in one night. Oh, my God. Was yeah. Out, it was out of control. And... and you know, having friends like, um, oh my god, uh, Billy, yeah, Billy, Billy Reimer, Reimer. Billy yeah. Reimer. The fact that he, you know, we have such a, a, a close group where, like, you know, Dylan Drew will play Terminal Five and mm-hmm. one of the biggest, you know, metal bands ever. We're gonna like, yeah, we'll play two shows back to back in a small <laughs> club, yeah, and we'll just run all over the bar and be fucking crazy, get wasted at the bar next door, come back, do it again, even better than the first show, like, sick. It's cool how it, how it went from this like you know uh, just fire hazard to like <laughs> a very respectable you know like uh, you know venue that's that through the reputation that you guys have built like going to stand the test of time you yeah. know what I mean like you've given it like a, a you know a, 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 like a, there's a lore about it now like a legend about it you know that isn't like that doesn't have this negative connotation because it did it. have a negative connotation yeah. for a while when it was mm-hmm. Broadway you know. Yeah, um, but I mean, I, a, a big thing was I looked at like what Dave Castillo and um, Artie were doing at St. Vitus, mm. and I'm like, these are some lo- these are some Long Island guys. They're gonna make a venue, and like literally looked at them and been like, wow, they can do this. They can make a place that's gonna you know make sense and have big bands play. You know, we were just saying you're you're gonna be playing there pretty soon. At, yeah, at Vitus. yeah. Mm-hmm. October 26, Pig Destroyer, Artificial Brain, Piron, and um, Flame God, right? Blame God. Thank yeah. you. Get that blame guy right Get now. that plug in. I'm yeah. so excited for that band. Yeah, I love yeah, that same band. Great band, Blame God. Yeah. Yep. So it's just, it's cool to have, you know, a couple punk hardcore dudes, metal dudes, like, you know, actually making businesses out of it, but still supporting the scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun. No, it's good. You, you know, uh, the heavy music needs people like you, like, 
the dudes at Vitus to provide a place because you get it. You get how the show's run. You've been doing it since you were a kid. Yeah. You know what doesn't work in a venue. Yeah. So it's like you need someone with experience in that scene. Yeah. So, man, that's the way to do it. So I want to talk about like doing it as a kid and uh, tell me about like first joining a band, you know, like after. Uh, forcing your brother to play drums, you know, because you're playing guitar, which is the best move, you know. So you don't, if you're gonna have younger siblings, like, put, yeah, put them to work, yeah. You know? But uh, t- <laughs> tell me about like like first, uh, you know, uh, playing with other people, man, and like uh, and writing riffs and 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 getting into your first bands. Um, I was so, you know, having guitar lessons, that was never really my thing. I learned Nirvana songs, and like I was like, I just want to learn enough power chords to actually play in a band. Yeah. Fast forward, you know, I hear no effects and and lag wagon strung out all the fat records bands i'm like i like punk rock this is gonna be cool i like rancid um it was me pj from looks courageous my friend anthony my his little brother paulie divincenzo who's actually now plays bass all around the world he plays bass in l king's band like that pop singer oh okay. so he's always oh. on like late night with uh we also made him play bass yeah. like you're really good <laughs> piano player respect you gotta play bass now because we be playing some punk rock, and yeah, now my, my man's fucking killing it all over the world. I'm like, that's Paul. I made to play bass. You're it's welcome. So fucking good. Finder's fee. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we we did that for a little while, and then it was me, PJ, and a, a couple other Huntington dudes. We were playing in another punk band, and then I is like one of those things where I got into hardcore. My brother did too, mm-hmm. but PJ and my brother wanted to do more like the you know. He heard Dashboard. He's like, we're going that way. We yeah. heard Emo. We heard Farsight, all the Revelation Records bands. Um, I was like, no, I like Snapcase. So I'm going to like go, and we started. I met with my friend Bill Meese, also grew up in Greenlawn, and uh, we started Alfie. And that was about 10 years of my life touring. I think I joined when I was 18. Amazing. Did a tour in Europe, did endless, and we did like six or seven U.S. tours. Just, for, just for the listeners, a love for enemies, Alfie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of frenemies, yeah. Um, uh, the only, I think, like, one of the only Christian hardcore bands in New York that ever happened. Ever, that whole scene was a very specific thing that was happening in Southern California, and there was a Bible Belt. Ah, yeah. Yes. And they're like, hey, you want to join them? Like, I'm Catholic guy. You guys are like born again guys, but this scene's happening, and I like Strong Arm, and I like Noah's and Victim. This is really cool, and. We started doing it, and then Jason from FaceTime was like, oh, I like what you're doing, and he signed us, and I was like, boom. Now, next thing you know, we're flying to California playing FaceTime Fest. Crazy. So. I'm like, this is this is sick. I can barely play guitar. I feel like I tricked, <laughs> every, I feel like I tricked everybody. I'm, I'm playing a, a sold-out show at the, with the Glass House in, in Pomona, California. I'm like, there's like 2,000 people here. I'm like... I don't know what I'm doing, but this is sick. Yeah, dude, that's imposter <laughs> syndrome. If they sign you, they, you got enough of it down. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you guys like uh, stick around other like Christian bands? Or you kind of like branch out a little bit, or like, um, uh, you know, how, like how was the you know how was the response, man? How was like the relationship? Because well, we just did a, an episode on Christian death metal before, so it's kind of like really? it's yeah. kind of like oh, top oh, of man, it's top to of listen to that. Us, oh, yeah. it's not out yet. It's not out yet, but, but yeah. it will be before this comes out. So okay, I'll send it to you. Oh, cool. Yeah, if you want yeah, to do a little post mortem on that. Yeah. yeah, we should. Yeah, like a, you know, full um, full disclosure. It timed out uh, very well that you were coming on because 
uh, we had recently uh, interviewed a really old school Christian metalhead. This guy got into uh, metal and became a born again Christian in the eighties. Okay, and he listed everything in like encyclopedia Christian metal, like yeah, Striper the, on, oh, Striper and, on, yeah, and, yeah. and kind of like like the uh, progression into thrash metal, into death metal, into grindcore. It, like it like mirrors secular uh, death metal. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like as secular death metal got more brutal and more technical, there was always bands in the Christian scene that were kind of one-upping things too and they went hand in hand and um, uh, we want to you know go go further and do more episodes that explore spirituality and extreme music and talk to people from other faiths and philosophies but having you in you kind of have an inside view on the Christian music scene yeah on, yeah. on the Christian hardcore scene and we, we did we briefly touched on Christian hardcore that episode yeah and one of the things we said was that it seemed like there was more interplay between the Christian music scene and, and the secular music scene with hardcore. Yeah, more acceptance around. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like, did, did you see that maybe? Like, acceptance within, like, secular hardcore bands and stuff? Well, for, okay, so I'll, I'll start with the... It's a lot, the philosophy. Know, No, no, it's cool. Um, I'll break it down, like, in two parts. Um, okay. The way we were was we grew up in the hardcore scene, the New York hardcore scene. Mm-hmm. The Christian thing was a, was a, was a different thing. So we started touring... Like, all right, we're going to go on tour, and then we get hooked up with different bands from, like, South State Records, like, the traditional, like, Christian bands, and we'd just be playing churches. And, like, you know, we have a message. It's a, it's, it, it not We were a little bit different. We were, like, very accepting, mm-hmm. you know? You, Christian has a lot of connotations of being narrow-minded. We're not, like, regular New Yorker dudes. Um, we go on these tours, and it would just be, like, church, church, Christian festival, church. And I'm like, do these people like us because... Their parents let them buy the record at the Christian hardcore, as uh, a Christian bookstore, or do they actually like us? And then also, why are we just preaching to the choir? And also, why am I playing with bands that already believe kind of the same thing? It makes sense. So we went out of our way to go on tour with bands that weren't Christian, like always did that. Right. Um, like the band like Since the Flood, um, <coughs> Antarabe, which was another Long Island band. Yeah, yeah. We did like two months with them. Um, so that's where our head was at. We never really liked. We went out of our way not to play churches. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. It could We're almost hardcore be- kids. The same way if you had the ethos of vegan or straight edge, the way Earth Crisis is up there preaching, that's fine. But put it in the room, you know, animal liberation or, you know, whatever you feel, that's what hardcore is about. To put it in a box and just play churches, I'm like, what are we fucking, what are we... Yeah accomplishing by doing this yeah, not it's doing like in a, shit it's like, like a pretty it's little bow like yeah, where it's comfortable yeah, preaching like, to the choir yeah, in yeah. a bubble kind e- of thing exactly you know? yeah, yeah echo bubble shit and it's good to reach out with that stuff because there's uh, as a listener you can make presumptions about a band if you know something about them mm-hmm. that isn't the music first yes so you're better off playing festivals where no one no one knows anything about you you just show up you do it and if they find out you're, you're a Christian band later it doesn't matter almost. It's like, here we are, we're real as fuck. We're doing our thing. Exactly. That's what I wanted. Yeah. And I love the feel and the, and the grit of the hardcore scene. I didn't want the, oh, we, we took care of you at the... I mean, and, you know, thank you for all the hospitality, everybody. I appreciate yeah. it. But I wanted the grit. I wanted to strike up a conversation. Like, mm-hmm. I was straight edge at the time. I wanted to talk to somebody who was, you know, drinking or... what. I don't even care. There's normal stuff, normal life, not this, like, bubble of what you heard. Yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah. that's that one thing. And then it's... I saw it happen. So the second part is I saw it happen where I was like, I like this band Strong Arm and I like Norma Jean and we in Underoath and we keep playing with these more metalcore bands and 
known as a victim. And I'm like, some of these bands are as good or better than... I think I'm going to get crucified for this. The Maya Balls of the world. You know, I'm like, just as good. And then I saw it happen, like, probably 2002, 2003. I'm like, wait, all these Christian bands, the bigger ones, are actually touring with the secular bands. And that was a big thing. Then you see, like, Hellfest, and you got Norma Jean, and then it's Terror, then it's American Nightmare, then it's Under Oath. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, this is all kind of happening together, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, then it's Etid, then the Red Chord. Like, then Etid, the, the exactly. Red Chord, yes, yeah. And then, like, Shy Lude shares a drummer with yep. the drummer of Strong Arm. But, like, Shy Lude's very not Christian. Strong Arm is very Christian. And it's just the drummer of Strong Arm was in, what was it called? I can't even think. I don't know. All the, like, yeah. the Morning Again, like the Florida bands and okay. stuff. So it really okay. did, it really was very close. It, it, it took, they, they merged together at some point. I saw mm-hmm. it a lot. Morning Again, by the way, great band. Love that band. Yeah, amazing band. Really different. Yeah. Um, wow, man. A lot, uh, a lot there, man. And, um, like, so, so you, you, you mentioned touring with that band. Like, what, where, what countries did you cover? I know you went to Europe, right? We did one European tour. Um, it was a band called Opposition to One from Germany. They took us out. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of Germany. One show in Belgium. We drove through France overnight. Didn't play. It was terrifying. We were, we were trying to get to Europe. We were trying to get to England. Um, we did a month over there, and it was cool. That's a very different experience. Yeah, we've talked about that a lot on the podcast. How touring for, especially for heavier music mm-hmm. in Europe, is a lot different. I've never been myself, but I've heard from a lot of people it's a little bit more accommodating. Very. Yeah. Yeah. They're, to say the least, I guess, right? They're very happy you're there. Yeah. Um, they want to talk to you about everything. They have a million questions. And the, and, and I'm not saying it in a bad way, because I always go back to the stuff I used to listen to. But every question was, you remember this band from blah, 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 blah? And they want yeah. to talk to you forever. I'm like, I'm from America, but I didn't grow up in California, so I, I don't know about Revelation Records. Like, I can't help you. I know yeah, you guys, yeah. guys. I know Ignite over here is like yeah. the biggest band. and. No offense to Ignite, they can't really draw in the U.S. anymore. It's just one of those weird things. Like, but in a yeah. very appreciating good music and stuff that I like. But, and I also we, you know, there's one time we played. It was in Bechtesgarde in Germany. We they made us play two sets, and like you're going all wow. night. Wow. And because they're just so hungry for it, you know, we're, wow. we're. I just feel like we were very. I just felt <clears> like we're spoiled over here. We have so much saturation of especially in the in the tri-state area because oh, yeah. we get all the tours you know everything comes through here you don't know in the midwest and down south certain places they're a lot more appreciative i've noticed absolutely you know, i've literally had people say to one of my underground bands it's not even that big like thank you for coming through here people don't come through you know certain places and oh yeah we would get you know. that too yeah you're playing yeah. like c d markets and you're just like oh my god you actually came to my town you're like how do you even know who i am i'm just glad to be here <laughs> that's great <laughs> so so based off what you said what you just said or you know before that though um this was more in like the, the general European hardcore scene. It wasn't like a Christian music scene, or it wasn't a Christian music scene. Okay, no, I mean okay. maybe we played. I mean the, the the band we were toying with was a Christian hardcore band, but it, it, we were playing regular. Yeah, yeah, regular. We were just playing. Yeah, we we're playing normal shows. We were just playing churches and stuff. Okay, all right, awesome. And and, and um, the band was around for a good ten years, right? I mean, I know you guys. You know, you did your thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, what like. I don't want to get into anything touchy, but what ended up happening that the band members, uh, you know, disbanded the, the group or whatever? Nah, it's not touchy. I talk about it. Um, well, some, some, some people. Yeah, I, no, I respect. Um, so we we had one EP out on Face Down, two full length, touring on the second full length. Um, we were out with a, a band, uh, Day to Remember, 
and that was we did them a favor and took them out and their record was coming out on victory mm-hmm. and they're like alright well the two bands you were going to tour with dropped this band is going to take their place I'm like okay cool they were in this, they were in this, indie, this label Indianola Records which is a Christian label and I'm like yeah we'll do them a favor we go out their record drops on victory and they blow up like blow up like crazy is that they yeah. remember they didn't remember yeah, yeah they yeah, got they a few they were very big band. that was everywhere overnight <clears throat> yeah like, and it, so we started it was, a, it was we called the tour March Madness it was the best it was the most fun it was uh, when Dan Lamelli from Incendiary was the drummer and Alfie we were we were having a good time we were oh, pushing yeah. the limits of what it means to be a Christian horror band to be honest with you <laughs> so we're having a good time and we're having a day to remember I'm like these shows are getting bigger and bigger like we're headlining and all of a sudden by the middle of the month they headlining unless oh, it was, unless God. it was like Augusta Georgia <laughs> or like certain things and I'm just like ah oh, man the, the kids are really liking this fucking band I'm like alright cool we're still gonna get the sell up on this though right alright cool dope so we're playing they're getting bigger and bigger um they it was it was a defining moment my singer was going home he had a plan he was getting married we were gonna pull back on the touring and in that moment uh, Day to Remember was going out with this band Devil Wears Prada and they're like, hey, we, we love you guys. Do you want to just... The, the opening band dropped. You got the next two months on the road. It was like a fucking movie. And I'm like, yeah. And then half the band was like, nah, we got to stick to the plan. Uh, and, then the, and then right there, the, the wind kind of got... You know, we built up to it. And no one's to blame. It, we, that was the yeah, plan we yeah, had. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and from there, I started a band called Buck Nasty. Yes. Not a Christian band. I mean, full of... Christian dudes, I guess. Um, but that was a direct reaction. Like, we literally went home. I think we recorded an EP within three months. And before we even played a show, not a demo, EP, full done, full artwork, like, total reaction to we got to go back on the road and just booked our own tours and just started that up. Okay. And I just want something that you mentioned. You, you said before, you said you guys. Uh, during the last tour, you were pushing the limits of what it means to be a Christian hardcore band, having a lot of fun. And they say the next band wasn't necessarily a Christian band; they were Christian dudes. I just want because when we say Christian music, Christian metal, I guess it kind of implies that these guys are like you know, like like saints. You know what I mean? Like if you're in a yeah. Christian band, you're living a perfect uh, you know religious spiritual lifestyle. Whereas I think, especially in terms of heavy music or uh, an outcast type of music. It implies more that that might be your your belief system and your your spirituality, but nobody's perfect here. Yeah, I, I think okay, that's a great point, um, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. Uh, there was a a box that you had to stay in if you were labeled like a you did have these this you're a perfect person, mm-hmm. which doesn't make any. Sense. Doesn't, exist, you're, you're, really. doesn't exist anyway. And yeah, my grandma's gonna buy your record at a church for uh, for my little boy. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, we had certain things on our actual um, uh, on our contract with FaceTime, things we couldn't do in front of kids and shows. Well, I which mean, I kind of respected because I was like, all right. But then it got to the point where just like, okay, well, now are we being real? Like, are we being real now? Or are we just like? I don't know. But so it was a but weird but moment. It, yeah. Was it like really nitpicky stuff, or was it like like th- things was, that make sense, <clears throat> like no yarmulkes on stage or something, or no, like <laughs> downing like Jack in front of people? Like it was and, that. It was like no downing Jack in front of people, not so many words. So, yeah. but it was it wasn't like asking well, too much. It, it wasn't like, asking too much. It wasn't like you have to go on stage and preach. You right. know, it wasn't that. Okay. Um, okay. But that's, it did feel yeah. weird I mean, that, that it was just. You, but then. You, 
Well, yeah, they wanted you to be perfect or something. <clears throat> what what were some of the things that would have been hard for your band to do? To, or to not do? <laughs> I gotta ask. I don't know, man. I was on the road for a while and then... We, could like, we were touring for like... Ten, yeah, allegedly, we were, allegedly. We, allegedly. We, were touring, we were touring for, for ten years and like it was just... And like I said, we were not touring with, you know, quote-unquote Christian bands all the time. Mm-hmm. And you're also growing and changing and experiencing the world as young men. Yeah. yeah. Joined the band, I guess, when I was 17. Mm-hmm. By 18, I'm on the tour of two months with Antarabe. You know, you know those guys. Oh, it's Stagda. Stagda. Yeah, Stagda. <laughs> my Allegedly. Pa- my, Allegedly. Pa- my partner now in, in Amityville is, is Joey Spagna from Antarabe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, again, growing. Going yeah. into my twenties, you know, being, yeah. uh, you know, having a having a girlfriend at home, and she's, she's not happy that I'm out, and I can't believe that I'm getting paid to, to even be out here doing this stuff. So, you know, the normal stuff. We don't have to get into that. Okay, <laughs> we weren't okay. doing black tar <laughs> heroin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we, we was. Going, <laughs> I get it. Well, also, I mean, <laughs> we were going nuts, but just you well, know, they, they were like uh, these notes on this breakdown are a little satanic. Yeah. Yeah. Can you change I mean, something to remember now? too is that some of these you know, I, look, some of these. Um, Christian hardcore ba- uh, hardcore labels and la- and you know uh, like if if you're following like this a, a rules as stringent as maybe a church you know you might not be able to even like hug a female fan or something I, you know I don't know I'm just I, I'm just guessing the straws here or just like little, but it would but it really know. would kind of not no that was not that was not said but like that would kind of imply that too like you, you yeah. gotta be yeah. you're always like walking on eggshells you're always just you know or they wanted you to be because okay. yeah I I know somebody who's actually um, a, a pastor. Uh, at at um, a small church on Long Island, and this is something he's expressed to me is that you never want to be alone with uh, children or women, you know, because there's people that are looking to make implications about you. Let's just spark, yeah. yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Because if you're if you're um, you know in a, in the community, if you're this, you know what I mean. And like he's he's always with his wife, and you know, just kind of like um, the image you put up. You don't want to leave any any fallibility even for someone who's a critic or someone who's dishonest about you, you know? Yeah, and especially when people put you on a pedestal, they always want to break you down. Exactly. Always that. You summed it up very well. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what yeah, I was There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so Buck Nasty did a little EP, Get Back Out on the Road. Get Back on the Road. Had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Loved that band. Um, a little more freedom. More freedom, but then just we, we had a good time and I love I really love the shows. I wish that band continued, but yeah. Um, we were doing Shepherds at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, normal band stuff. Got into some band fighting. And, you know, that, that was just one of those normal, typical, I want to tour. I can't tour so much. This was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> of course it was. It's, the fucking band's called Buck Nasty. <laughs> why, are you, why are you taking this so serious? <laughs> well, we're getting tour offers now. Well, I don't give a shit. So it, that was just very typical. Uh, mm-hmm. It happened, yeah, yeah. Well, well talk, talk a little bit about Shepherds. When did Shepherds start? Shepherds started while Buck Nancy was still happening, and that was when my friend Kevin Murray uh, and my friend Pete Sozana, they were both singing. Um, that was in the Broadway days, which is now Amityville. Mm-hmm. Um, played a bunch of shows. It's tuned really low. That's what I remember. It's tuned really low. We were in A sharp. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Eamon... Had a setup similar to here, like recording all the stuff and coming to us with it. Um, very heavy influenced by Casey Strand and Harm's Way and bands of that sort. Um, a lot of fun. Played a lot of like upstate stuff, a lot of Poughkeepsie, Utica, stuff like that, down in Maryland. Um, just heavy and fun. And then uh, Joe Bed joined uh, after Kevin and Pete stopped playing with us, and now he's in Fifth for an Autopsy. Which okay. is like 
been right. blowing yeah. up like yeah because that boy yeah. has a fucking vo- like voice on him oh my yeah. god joe bad is uh is impressive i remember practicing you know in a room down the hall from him and hearing him when he was first trying to like starting to do vocals yeah and to hear his progression now it's like you fucking put the work in, brother. He know he knows how yeah. I feel about him, so it's, it's not like I'm going to say it's, huh. he's going to listen to this and find out. But he was like the little fucking kid at tracks that would jump in the Alfie van. He was at tracks. I'm like, what do you want? What do you want? No, it's <laughs> cool, man. It's cool. It's cool. And then now he's literally like my little brother. But now I don't even want to say it like that. He's like my. He's just my brother, brother. Yeah, he's, um, still, he's still a sweet baby boy, but he's an adult brother. He's, he's, a, he's a, exactly yeah, sweet baby yeah. boy, adult brother. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And to see him up there, you know, opening for Hatebreed, it sold out. Was it Best Buy Theater now? Doing, was it called PlayStation Theater? Or the fuck yeah, it's called? doing the fucking work. Man. And he's just, yep. yeah, they're putting a lot of work in with Tim Halley, who was in uh, The World We Knew. Mm-hmm. Um, good friend. Um, Will Putney. Will Putney. Mm-hmm. That guy's a fucking genius. Um, Great producer. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's crazy, too. I'm very lucky to be pl- have played in Shepherds with Joe, because I knew it, too, and so is Spagnum. We're just, like, staring at this kid, like... This guy can fucking sing. Like he's gonna mm-hmm. do some shit. Yeah. You know, he's, he's doing a thing. Now he got his neck tattooed, so you know he's serious. <laughs> yeah, serious. <laughs> I'm working on it, guys. I'm just trying to figure out the right color to match my eyes. Okay, so um, uh, Buck Nasty uh, and Shepherds uh, eventually run their course. We mm-hmm. talked about you know you've been in bands with guys that went on to do other things. When would you say you transition from an artist or a musician to a, a businessman? I mean, obviously, it's gradual, but, like, tell us about that, maybe. Yeah, so I'm working with uh, Sal and Eric at Leaky Lifeboat. I, I mentioned it before. Um, I'm I'm booking these parties on Monday nights called Cruel Summer, these 80s parties, even though I'm not a big 80s music guy, but Eric from All of Frenemies, very big 80s guy, new wave, all that kind of stuff. Um, he's like, yo, we have an idea for a party. I'm, you know, I'm trying to make some money. I'm working at OTB, taking bets on the ponies. Oh, like, that's like, like my main gig. <laughs> I'm like, I ain't in a band. I know I'm living. I'm living in Huntington Village. I'm partying all the time. But like, what are we? Like, what am I doing? So we're like, let's book this this party. And we did this party that went. It hit hard, really hard. Um, a leaky, a leaky lifeboat and seafarer that's still going strong. I think they're on year nine now. Okay, which is fucking crazy. Bunch of punk kids like doing it. Um doing that and then like Sal came up to me one night and he's like you know Broadway's available um do you want to do it and that was that and I ran Broadway every single day for three years um and then living in the village there was a spot that was available um for the next venture um which became Vauxhall um it was a couple of restaurants I kept turning over that side of town that's not near the Paramount for anyone who knows Huntington Village the Paramount is on the main strip per se. I kind of like call that Times Square, where yeah. like we're like kind of on the Lower East Side, and no one, you know, no one was really giving a shit. Yeah, for uh, Huntington uh, or Long Island, he's, he's kind of talking about across the street from the movie theater and the post office. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's the big municipal parking lot there. Yeah, then, yeah. and there have yeah, been quite downtown. a few, quite a few businesses in and out of that area. Yeah, was, so it was, it was uh, yeah. so a little bit of uh, ignorance, a little bit of feeling ourselves, also a little bit of why the fuck not. Made a deal with the landlord, my friend Frank Antonetti. He also he owns Rustin Golden Town, which is a sports bar, um, which is a fucking awesome place. Yeah, right up the block there. Yeah, yeah in the yeah. same parking lot. Yeah. Um, he was like, "Hey, I'm bartending at this place called Char. Um, I think it's going out. Heads up." He's like, "I haven't gotten paid in like a month and a half." He's like, "If it's on your radar to do something," and then PJ Teep, who was in Lux Courageous, my best friend, he was working at Dopia, which was next door, which now is New Wave Burrito Bar. They're like, you know, heads up, and it came available. 
we negotiated. Um, again, my partner Eric's really good at like, you know, designing and and doing electrical work. We do all the work ourselves. That's the big thing. Um, and and it shows just for the listeners. If you want to, we'll put pictures up and links and things. And uh, if resident, if uh, Long Island people or visitors go, there's a distinct look to these places. Yes, we yeah. uh, we you know a lot of like the stained wood, the re, you know repurposed wood, um, cool old pieces, old mirrors, stuff like that. We do it all ourselves. It's all self funded. We don't take loans from people. We do a whole other podcast. If you guys want to do like a business podcast on the side <laughs> about, I, I think a lot of people are scared or they have this image because you watch TV like, oh, I'm going to pitch my idea to Shark Tank and they're going to give me $500,000. It's like, there's other ways to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're all self-funded and we, and it doesn't take as much as people think. I think that would be a great episode that yeah. people from labels, people who book shows, bands, anyone could get something out of. So Heavy we, hole we'll, in your pocket. We yeah, gotta, yeah, we got to yeah, we, yeah. we got uh, yeah, cool. to touch base about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah, uh, you know, I get it a lot. Because like we, you know, we we have a lot of support from the Harker kids and stuff, and I, I get that a lot. To like, how did you make this happen? I'm just like, it's not, it's not what you think. It's not what's on TV. Like, we it was definitely luck involved. But you know, now I've I've made four. Businesses, I had one fail, so technically I've made five. Um, pretty wild the way you know you can make things happen with you know a lot of effort and you know not that much money. But long story short, took over Vox, jumped in, hired people that knew what they were doing. I got a great bartender, my friend Chris Burke, who's no longer with us, but he's a great uh, bar in the city. Um, I learned the industry from the people that I hired. I got a great chef, Michael Meehan, who I turns out I had no idea was a, a famous Long Island chef. Mm-hmm. He came in mad humble. He's actually still playing in bands, so we hit it off. Yeah, fun he's, bass player. He's yeah. a bass player. He's my fucking dude. What bands? Um, he plays like all like um. Well, the, the Lost Ombres is his band. Um, uh, I've, I've heard the name. I've, yeah. yeah, I believe they have a big uh, poster. In uh, their studio, does that sound right? Probably. Okay. All right. Yeah, and when their record came out, they actually had a huge poster in Tower Records. They okay. always they're playing the long um, the Huntington Fall Festival that we all know of. Yeah, that yes. we grew up yeah. going to, being yeah. little dickheads over there. Yeah, right by yeah. the pickle tent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was cool, and he's he's a Huntington guy, um, and it all kind of came together very naturally. And then we, you know, we do craft beer. Craft burgers, craft cocktails, but we're playing Alkaline Trio. We're playing Texas is the Reason. We're playing, you know, all the the newer bands like Basement and Title Fight. You know, it's like a, a business dude next to an old guy next to a baby. Like, you know, it, it's it's we we thought like, oh my god, this is gonna work, but people really wanted something different in this town. If you grew up in Huntington, you know, there's like all Irish bars, very bro. Um, but it, it kind of worked. You know, we did a little yeah. hip thing. Yeah. I, I love that, uh, you know, you guys have done um, listening parties for, uh, say, like the new Moontooth record or the new, the, or when Incendiary came up with the Beer with Barrier. Yeah. You do little, like, listening parties and little launch kind of things. Yeah, that Moontooth, that was, that was <laughs> Moon, wild. Moontooth, that was fucking wild, man. <laughs> I remember, like, I was like, yo, like, if I was actually here, I'd be kind of pissed. <laughs> I was, like, hanging in the kitchen by the door and I'm like, by service, I'm like, I'm not going out there. Everyone's having a good time? All right, good. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Incendiary did a beer with Barrier Brewing Company, and we did their release. Um, we did multiple Iron Sheik releases, also uh, Huntington yeah, yeah, guys yes. that we love yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah, love yeah. those guys. Shout out to Iron Sheik Fantastic. and uh, R.I.P. to Rob McAllister. Yeah, yeah. And just you know, just one thing. I know we already talked about Amityville Music Hall, but just to kind of you know, we talked about how that that building itself had live shows and was a big part of the local underground music scene for years. You played there when you were fourteen. You mm-hmm. said mm-hmm. I remember seeing. Um, the 
the return, or maybe they were called the rooftop. Uh, you know, back in the day, there a lot, a lot of different places, and we talk about uh, Iron Sheik, uh, R.I.P. to Rob McAllister, my buddy Rob. Yeah. Amityville Musical. You guys actually, after Rob's funeral service, you guys kind of hosted a. Um, I, I don't. You guys, everyone just went there and you opened your doors for everybody, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a really, it was, it was as nice a time as we could have, you know, all together. And it was really nice to be in a, a music venue. Yeah, uh, to celebrate our friend who had played music, man, and I just, you know, it just, I just wanted to share that briefly because it goes to show how much, like, more than just uh, a building it is. Yeah, it, it's more than a building, and that was a, that was a special moment of for course, everybody. Yeah. And love Rob, you know, Alfie. Again, we didn't always tour with with Christian bands, and we went on tour with the Reformation. We do weekends yes. on stage with yeah. them. And uh, you know Rob's wild dad, <laughs> you know, love him. Well, he wasn't a dad in the Reformation. I know he wasn't a dad in the Reformation. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like he was always wild. Yeah, uh, we yeah, had a good time. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, th- that's a special thing. And we know we do Wild Fest annually every summer. Of course, All our friends yeah. played there one, uh, one time. We did it. We yeah. just we just did one um, two days uh, in August, and it's it's a really. It's a great thing. Now it's something we look forward to. We yeah. donate all the money, proceeds of the bar, and it's just glad that we can do stuff like that. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, I just because we, you know, we brought up Iron Sheik, it got me thinking, and um, uh, you know, and getting back also, I don't want to um, uh, get get past the part about these businesses you're involved with without talking about uh, it's the New Wave Burrito Bar. Mm-hmm. Okay, can we talk about that's that's a fairly new one. Yeah. Um. So something happens when you have you know two businesses that go very well. And you think that you know, hey, let's just let's just keep going. And um, we did a concept with uh, with Chef Mike. He's he, he likes Southern food, and I'm like, I don't. Again, I didn't go to culinary school. I didn't go to business school. Mm-hmm. You know, I graduated Stony Brook with a psych degree for what it's worth. Um, so you got everybody figured right. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so Psychic. we're like, yo, this this works. Let's just do it again. You know, and. Um, I love Radio Radio. Barbecue was cool. It's, mm-hmm. It was way over, I guess, my head about how to market something like that as a guy from fucking Huntington, Long Island. Oh, shit about barbecue. And um, I think it was great. I think there's just a couple things that it, it didn't work in this town for whatever reason. Um, we Also, one other thing to point out is, like, you opened Radio Radio, um, which the Southern Barbecue Place, while another barbecue place opened. Yes, that the was same like, week. And, and they got... Yeah. Thank you for, for bringing it up. That, yeah. that was rough. It kind of uh, bro- broke up the market immediately. It broke the- even though I saw a lot of people in Radio Radio, it's like when you split up an opening like that yeah. with the same cuisine, it's like harder to pitch that. Yeah. And and, and I think it speaks to all businesses and, and to the fact that if we ever get, you know, have a, a business discussion show, I'll definitely come back on. I love talking about it. Yeah, um, you get one chance to open. Yeah. And then when you hit and the hype is cool, you know, if it's like the '90s and you're a dance club and you're the limelight and it's down the block, you know, the people are waiting for it. Great, you you want to be that club people can get into. You when we opened Vox, it was like undeniable. The town wanted it, and we popped. Yeah, radio popped, but did it because we it's that little bit because everyone knows that lives in Huntington or doesn't live in Huntington. You got to come into Huntington. It's mm-hmm. a destination. You gotta, you know, you gotta get off the major highways. You gotta come into this town. Yeah. yeah. So if you're here and you, we, like you said, you split the market. Mm-hmm. What's the new barbecue place? We we don't like to beat people over the head with our branding. They had a big barbecue sign and like people were going over to, <clears throat> over to this other place. Which respect, I, I like those guys. Yeah. The, I mean, it's nothing, it, there's no bad blood. Really good businesses. Yeah. yeah. But it was bad fucking timing. It yeah. was one of those things. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So just we gave it a shot. I think we did it. We did Radio Go for two years. Yeah. Um, kept it afloat. Very proud of it. 
you know, would maybe even do the same concept in another town. Um, but we just thought, let's let's do something that w- w- more of our wheelhouse. We're playing more Southern California punk rock, which is like I love that shit. Um, cool, fun. You know, Chef always wanted to do a burrito concept. I'm like, we might as well. We have the space. Let's just do it. Mm-hmm. And we actually shut down radio on a Sunday. <laughs> we should. I should have. We should have filmed this. We're so dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> like it. Like that. Actually, it almost could be like on. You know, like restaurant impossible. Shut it down on a Sunday. We we're open for dinner service on the Friday. It's a completely new restaurant with a new menu, new tea, new interior, new interior, different. And Justin, yeah, I came I was, to him. I was say, yeah, Justin. Hey, so I came to Justin in Arizona. Yeah. My fucking homies, Funny. and I was like, listen. I, I just sprinkled what I was thinking, and they took the branding. I can't even thank you enough. It, it was unbelievable. Place looks nice. It's super fun, man. Place looks I, really nice. Yeah. I always love like you uh, you involving me and Zoe and K Wall and all that stuff and what's going on and uh, working with uh, Timmy. Yeah, Timmy Tattoo man doing the uh, doing the logos and stuff. It's it's a goddamn pleasure. Yeah, it's, it's why I uh, want to be in a creative sort of field at all. Yeah, it's uh, super fun. I love working with you guys, and but, uh, you know, I I, I told Justin, I'm like, listen, and he gave him a little list. He's always he's so organized with, with his thoughts. He's got the book. He's he's taking the notes, which gets me fired up. And he's going uh, like, I need, uh, like, I need a logo. I need, I want, want videos. And he's like, yep, already, already two, you know, two steps ahead of me. You can see when I, when I'm, I'm talking to you, you're like, well, I, I got it's, it. It's the best. It's like the best time, <laughs> man. We're shooting the shit together. It's yeah. Just, yeah, it's the most mentally active. Yeah. Okay, so um, all right, man. Well, then I, you know, I say to all of our guests, I want to be respectful of your time, but you actually like you, you're we're right here in Huntington, and you have some business you have to attend to t- uh, this evening. I understand. So we're gonna be, yeah. we're we obviously we want to bring you back. We want to get into more of the business end of things. Maybe you could give me some tips, uh, <laughs> and and our listeners, uh, you know, some advice on things. Um, but before we wrap it up, could you maybe suggest to us uh, some newer music and some older music if you're prepared to? Okay, um, so this band from Chicago that I'm super into right now. Oh, you said it, dude. Uh, they're called uh, MHKS. MHKS. Um, MSK- MHKS. MHKS. Which stands for Multiple Home Fraud Chaos. <laughs> um, our friend Amanda Cornell showed it to me. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. It, I, it is. It, you, right? It makes yeah, so much yeah. sense. <laughs> so angry. That's a psychopath. Um, it is awesome. They scream chaos constantly. Which what? is so sick. Oh my god, just hearing this for the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's really awesome. good in the car with the windows down in the summer. Yeah, it's just like we were blasting this whole summer going nuts. Um, they just put out a uh, split with Invoke, and it's uh, and it's called <laughs> this what's called Invoking Chaos, which is also <laughs> fucking <amazing>. funny. <laughs> wow, this singer is pissed. Yeah. So Chicago Dads, uh, the band Hangman from Long Island, the fucking homies, they're they're playing a show with them uh, pretty soon. I just saw the post on Instagram. Around here? Uh, no, I think it's in Chicago. Actually. I know. I, I love know. going to Chicago. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so this I'm into, and I'm getting real angry. Who do you? 
All right, Dan. Uh, so you have two new ones. What's the second one here? So this is a uh, drug church. Uh, the dude Pat, who does, he's on Axe to Grind podcast, which is my favorite podcast right now. Allegedly, um, allegedly it is. You know, well, I'm, I haven't heard you guys yet. What up? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to lie. Well, <laughs> I think you guys are all, you're all cute and shit, but like, go figure out. <laughs> I also listen to Axe to Grind. But it's cool. I, it's I cool. It like, like, like keeps me young, so I know that what the young kids are listening to. But yeah, this is Pat, the actual guy. From, he's also in a band called Self Defense Family. Uh, but I, I fuck with this band uh, a lot. A little non-core. This is the kind of stuff we'll play at uh, Vauxhall late night. Or if I get drunk too early, I'll start playing at like 6.30 during dinner, but you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, no one's leaving. <laughs> no, the burgers are too good, they're not going <laughs> It's interesting. It sounds like, uh, it's like rock that's informed by like heavy music, but also pop, and like somewhere... Like in a dirty middle ground. Yeah, it's like Wonder Years hardcore. Yeah, and I mean the TV show. Yeah, not there's the, something. Not yeah, the there's something about that lead, uh, that like synth lead that's really cool. It, it, it really yeah. you hear that over that like crunchy style guitar yeah. that much, you know. I've always liked the talky, screaming style vocals, but not, I'm not saying like screaming like, like like a band like Me Without You, mm-hmm. where like you, you hear what he's saying, but he's yelling, yelling you, it. Let me tell you a story. Yeah. Let me yell at you story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna yell at you. I'm gonna yell at you. The story. Wow, this is interesting. Yeah. The singing voice is on too. Yeah. I gotta say, his like performances. He knows what he's doing. This guy with yeah. his mm-hmm. voice. Yeah, yeah. good Absolutely. control. Yeah, they're doing some big st- things right now. Bunch of tours. Who is this? Exocyple XAD from Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, they were on Triple Crown Records. They we toured with not with Disciple. We toured with their band after they called Jesus Wept. Uh, they would also play this song as Jesus Wept. Um, I just love this. It. Like super me- uh, metallic, Christian straight edge, Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah. What year are we talking with this? Approximately 2003. Very groovy, very fast. Like, yeah. If you like yeah. First Blood and you like Strife and mm-hmm. like double bass, yeah. That that the, the first thing I noticed was that double bass just ripping yeah. through my headphones. Yeah, yeah. I definitely had some some First Blood feelings about this. Right. For like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Strife reference I get too right. a lot. Yeah. Kind of like a, like a, like Slayer diffused type of thing going yes, on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and the rhythm. Then groovy right here.
also have another band called Shockwave. You want to do another yes. one? Yes. Well, no. Well, so, but Shockwave is Shockwave has a whole like lore about them, like eerie, straight edge, like. Huh. It's sick. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. that is. Oh, every every shit. song, every single song is about <clears throat> Transformers. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is before the movies. Transcore. Oh yeah, before when the it was cool. Yeah. When yeah. the toys were popping. Um. Yeah, I mean. Like for a for a band that was just about Transformers, the fact that they had so many records. <laughs> but if they just had one, you'd be like, why is there only one Transformers record? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Alright, so, uh, wow, Transformer-themed uh, beat-down, kind of like brutal hardcore. That's, mm-hmm. that's, I'm glad you brought that to our attention, man. Thank you for uh, joining us here, Dan. We, we don't want to keep you too long. We know you got business to attend to. Um, Dan Valentino, uh, former guitarist of A Love for Enemies, Buck Nasty, and Shepherds, current businessman behind Amityville Music Hall, Vox Hall, uh, and New Wave Burrito Bar. Um... We usually ask, ask people if they want to plug their new album or something. Is there anything anything to look out for, man? Any new businesses? Any new specials? Anything going on? Or, or any special shows coming to Amityville Music Hall? Um, we got the World We Knew uh, reunion show. That's good. Our homie Frank. Uh, we have we have stuff going on all the time. So I could just say, like, go to the Instagram, Amityville mm-hmm. Music Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing shows about seven days a week. Yeah, so Amityville if you, if Music Hall, yeah. conveniently located by the, uh, was it the Amityville train station? Right by the train station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, the other businesses we're talking about, Vauxhall, New Wave Burrito Bar, located in downtown Huntington. Uh, if you're visiting Long Island, if you're from Long Island, I mean, Huntington is uh, pretty much the North Shore destination town. You got Absolutely. Uh, fishing charter boats, movies, music, downtown nightlife, whatever you name it, man, and uh, obviously your establishment's part of that. You can find all of them on Instagram. All on Instagram, yeah. We got we have Vox Hall and we have uh, New Wave Burrito Bar. Um, you know, sh- like I can say the plug the fact that Paramount's right in town. They're doing you know the two thousand cap room. Mm-hmm. We're doing food at Vox Hall till two in the morning, playing punk rock. Come before the show, come after the show. Mm-hmm. We're here to hang out in a cool you know punk rock environment. Um, yeah. That's yeah, it. that's a good point. Paramount having a lot of those shows that uh, you know people from our generation and you know punk rock metal type people might be going to, man. Yeah, try the box sauce, get a pickle back. Yeah, yeah, the burrito yeah. bar. Yeah. All right, so and uh, and uh, uh, you know obviously we, we want to bring you back in, Dan, to talk uh, a little bit business sense into all of us, man, and our listeners. But we're gonna let you go now. Thank you so much for your time, Dan. We appreciate Thanks. it, man. Thanks for Thanks, having us. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate you guys. Cheers. Yeah. Okay, so Dan Valentino, we thank him again. Uh, he had to leave. He had some. He literally had some business he had to take care of in town there at some of his uh, establishments. He's working hard, making sure everything's going according to plan. Uh, shout out to him. We do want to have him back. 
And, uh, you know, for the listeners, we're going to do our album recommendations coming right up. But we we had a particular weekend uh, this past weekend. We kind of we kind of glossed over the how was your weekend because we had a guest. We didn't want to be rude to him. Mm-hmm. But um, I just want to ask, uh, maybe we should just start off. Justin, I know you feel a certain type of way. How was your weekend? Oh, my weekend was great. And yeah, so uh, so Friday night, uh, we, yes. we were all together, heavy yeah. hole out in the world, right? Yeah, not recording a podcast, just three brothers out there drinking yeah, beers. Allegedly. Just out there, we're the Blackthorn 51 mm-hmm. out in Elmhurst, mm-hmm. New York. Yes. Yeah, wherever yes. that is. Yeah. And uh, we were there for Blood Incantation Immolation. Yes, and um, 51 opening bands. Yeah. That's why at, it's called Blackthorn 51. Least, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, several of whom I enjoyed their sets. Yeah. Uh, good bands, all of them. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's kind of crazy though when you had what there was like five opening bands. Uh, yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and uh, I was it was like two thirty in the morning, and Immolation was still playing. Yeah, wow. Yeah, you know? two, um, two bands on the tour. I mean, so yeah, I mean, listen, uh, Blood Incantation. Who you know, Paul, we've had on the podcast before. Yes, um, gentlemen. Yeah, I good think, guys, nice guys. Uh, you know, band doing kind of important stuff in the death metal scene today. Uh, what did you think of their set? Well, playing some new music. I see people are going to say right off the bat, "Will you? Those are your buddies." Da, da, no, I was blown away. Really yeah. excellent death metal set. Uh, performed well. I know those guys. I know how they work and how they rehearse. They're very organic, um, and uh, it, it really blew me away. The new material was great, dynamic, kind of a newer sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really excited about this new album that they got coming out. The uh, was the Hidden History of Mankind. Hidden History of the Human Race. Hidden History of the Human Race. Okay, I don't mm-hmm. I don't have it written down in front of me, man. I'm going off the cuff right here. And the album art is uh, it gave me a chill. It's it's scary. Was it? I just want to bring up the uh, the artist. Yeah, who did it? Album art done by uh, world-renowned uh, sci-fi artist uh, Bruce Pennington. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. he's uh, illustrated uh, a bunch of book covers and um, yeah, you know, it kind of fits right into that 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 sci-fi blood incantation theme. Yeah, really, really creeped me out, man. Their set was amazing. Immolation, mm-hmm. uh, as you would expect, as everyone has come to expect, <clears throat> amazing set, flawless performance. Um, one one of my favorite and most underrated death metal bands, I, I truly believe, from New York. Yeah, that, um, that was uh, my first time seeing Blood Incantation. Actually, I, I okay. wasn't with you guys yeah. for the yeah. uh, the the Cattle Corpse tour that they, that they were at, and I, I made sure to get myself right up in front because mm-hmm. um, I wanted to see all the nuances. You know, I want to see yeah, lots want, of nuances. I want to see how how you hit the pedals. You know, how you tune, how you, how you sound check, how he flips and, his hair. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've hard pressed to find a more professional band. Um, Pros, there. yeah, no you know, pros. Knowing there. exactly, uh, you know what they need uh, and how to sound. Probably, be, you know, the, you got to imagine the amount of practice to record to uh, tape. You know, uh, yeah, live, yeah, well rehearsed, rides. tight unit, man. Um, um, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was, I was. I'm with you. Uh, completely blown away. I think yeah. this new album is going to be something special. Yeah. I, I want to allegedly pressure people to go see Blood Incantation live on this tour. Yeah, place. absolutely. I'm, I'm not, not even going to urge you. I'm going to pressure you to yeah, go see it. Yeah, pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't listen to this podcast if you don't try to see Blood Incantation. If yeah. you try and you can't make it, okay, yeah. listen. But try. If Maybe if there's like, you know, 51 opening bands and you have to be up for work the next day and you can't wait till 5 in the morning and yeah. then per, per chance. Yeah, but uh, Blood Incantation, Immolation, 
well worth uh, all the um, bands that sold tickets. Well worth it for them to sell tickets and, and all that and, and uh, get the opportunity to open for that tour package. But um, And uh, Craigaloth opened up. Yeah, Craigaloth. Uh, good uh, band. Been playing out a lot of local shows, working very hard lately. Puzzled me a little bit as to why Craigaloth was opening that show. However, let's move on. Yeah. Let's yeah, move yeah. on. We had yeah. a, so, uh, yeah. Justin, I know you were you were uh, home the next day, but me and Will went out. Yes. We went to uh, Hobbs Fest. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah tell me yeah. about that. Uh, well, allegedly we went to Hobbs Fest. This is kind of a um, clandestine uh, type of death metal event. It's not your Maryland Death Fest. The headlining band allegedly played. Yeah, we. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if we should div- divulge. Maybe people could do the math. This is Hobbs Fest. That sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> Terrence Hobbs, the guitarist of uh, Suffocation, Suffocation, famously uh, throwing the party of the, of the year. Um, the best bonfire I've ever seen. Allegedly, it was cut like half of the forest. They yeah. took it straight allegedly. from Brazil. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, it's going right. It, it, it was a cool party. Uh, lots of people hanging out, drinking. And it wasn't your typical party, where I know a lot of people can relate to this that listen to this podcast, where you go to a party and no one listens to the shit that you listen to. Mm-hmm. But we're there, there's about 250 people hanging out, very peaceful, everyone's got a graphic tee of their favorite band, they're just repping death metal. Yeah, it was... This is death metal in its purest form. Really. It was like our underground death metal version of like the juggalo gathering or, mm. or, or like how deadheads do their thing or it was great man but, yeah. you know and i say i don't say that in jest man it was just a really cool community-based thing for underground death metal and uh more of a party environment it reminded me a lot of like when you go to keg party. like i used to go to some keg parties here and there when i was a teenager in my early 20s man and you know that as you grow older that scene kind of you know dissipates man and you know, you still go to death metal shows. This was just like this big, wild combination. It reminds me, you, you always read about, or, you know, anyway, I read about and hear about the uh, obscene extreme fest and those things in other countries in Europe where they have these big outdoor metal fests. And just felt felt something different, man. It felt really cool, man. That, that Hops Fest, man, solid, 100%. Salute to Suffocation, um, uh, who may or may not have even been there. I don't know. Yeah, we, um, we can't. We can't get it. Yeah, right. salute, to, to, say, salute yeah. to Pyrexia who did perform. Uh, you know, the boys, obviously, man, good friends of the show, Chris and the, and the gang. Uh, the Machinist I saw too from Queens, great band. Yep. Uh, we got to look into maybe contacting them for the for the program, uh, and all the other great bands that played. Great food, great kegs, Hobbs Fest. The weekend was raw. Um, People coming together. I love, yeah. I love to hear it. Yeah, yeah. man. And um, just for the listeners, I know they're very concerned about this. I did not go fishing this past weekend, but my father. On the J- the John Joseph this morning, man. Uh, James Joseph. The, I'm sorry. Yeah, we could edit that. The James. <laughs> um, my my father on the James Joseph this morning <laughs> actually caught like two buckets, man. You want to talk porgies? You want to talk sea bass? You want to talk bluefish? My father, uh, a grab bag, aka Uncle Moose. He was doing it this. Yeah, he was whole doing salad. it. Salad. He was doing it today. I I was worried he couldn't reel him in. He was reeling him in, man. Yeah. So shout out to my dad. Amazing. So, nice. Yeah, man. So um, that being said. Uh, we talked about all these bands. We talked about all these shows. We talked about all these fish. Can we squeeze in a few album recommendations before the show's over? I would love to. Okay. I, I think that would be great. I'll go first tonight. Holler at me. What do you got? All these fish. Yeah, all these. <laughs> Dude, I told, I was like worried about him, and I, I, I gotta give. I'm like, I gotta like give a bag of fish to my to my cousin now. <laughs> so and, yeah, it's like all these fish. Just keeping everything. Yeah. Do you eat sea robin? Uh, well. Yeah, you can. That's a whole other. We don't keep that, though. You guys like riffs? I like this riff. So my new album is from an old band, mm-hmm. Dark Throne. Ooh. Mm. 
This is their new album, Old Star. Okay, man. 2019 on Peaceville, Peaceville Records. Yes. This is their 17th full length. Jeez. Wow. I know I missed a few. That's a lot to keep up with. But on a did band. you miss 15? Did you miss? <laughs> I missed a bunch. That's but um, look, these are old school Dark Throne fashion songs. Long, but great catchy riffs all the way through. Strange measure counts kind of keep you on your toes a little bit with absolutely zero transitions as Dark Throne does. It is just riff after riff. I'm going to block them down. There's something very calculated about how Dark Throne lets a riff finish without any filler in between. To compare that idea, like I, I kind of look at almost like Dying Fetus, the way they just change riffs all the time. But this is more about like a, a catchy groove that is sounds nothing like Dying Fetus, but just compositionally. The whole album, riff after riff, is catchy. It's good. Um, it kind of nods its head towards like the first wave of black metal. kind of has a bit of that Venom sound in it. It's not all that second wave. It's that punk crust thing that they've been doing since uh, Fuck Off and Die, mm-hmm. a record from, I think it was like 12 years ago, where they really um, came out and changed their sound a bit more. Fenris and Nocturno being real to themselves. It's still Dark Throne, but every single album is different. Old Star is a good one. Well, man. I got. I really like the production on this. I like the, the, the way the riff, it's it's clear, but it's a little muffled. It's just kind of, you feel it more than it, you know, you hear it in a way. From Transylvania Hunger On, there's something about the way they play where they, um, the chord is augmenting as opposed to playing a different chord all the time. Yes, yeah. And, I, uh, I'm admittedly someone who has to educate myself on Dark Throne a lot more. Um, as everyone knows, I'm more of a uh, death metal head, so the Soul Side Journey album is, uh, you know, paramount to me for them. But you know, I, I got to dig into that catalog a little more. Seventeen albums. I'm no authority myself, but yeah. uh, I'm a fan. Uh, I, I'm a fan, huge fan. Of Transylvania Hunger. That was that. That was my nighttime record for a long time. I know this is a legendary band. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot of Cavillar Tech vibes from from this newer record. The, yeah, in, this in, in the sense that it is it is the the roots of black metal, but there's some there's some party to it. There's some rock and roll to it, and like the the the, the changes to the subtle changes to to the riffs going on uh, make perfect sense to for a consistent headbang all the way through uh, drinking your beer. Dark Throne tossed a lot of party on their game about ten years ago with yeah. that fuck off and die album. Cool, and um, I like that they keep doing that. Justin, what you got? Cool. So I have uh, Outsiders' uh, brand new EP, When Love Dies, uh, released August 2019 on Flat Spot Records. Flat Spot Records, really a fucking cool hardcore label. Um, they uh, they put out the, the higher power shit. Uh, Backtrack is on that. Um, really just 
really cool like uh, finger on the pulse of, of, of new modern um, fun hardcore in my opinion uh, so Outsider is a band from Richmond, Virginia uh, this is um, and I wrote this down uh, super quick this is fun as shit metallic hardcore uh, in its best form in my opinion mm. um, this has uh, really fun thrashy elements uh, harkening back to like sort of anthrax type thing but uh, I kind of like more compare this to a to a combination of like Madball, Incendiary, and Power Trip, mm. um, uh, with slightly like a slight influence of like a, there's like a little obituary stomp as you get through this record. But uh, um, I've been I've been spinning this all day. I think it's super fun, and uh, I honestly don't have much else to say about that. Make up your own opinions. Uh, outsider, when love dies, uh, check this record out. Flat Spot Records. Okay, so I uh, I happened upon this uh, crazy band Chaos Motion from France. Uh, they're putting out this album that's called Psychological Spasms Cacophony in parentheses Technical Death Metal. I guess they're they're, <laughs> they're including the genre name like with the album title. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's some sort of weird typo. So you know, yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know. But um, this is the band Chaos Motion from France. Uh, and this is, they have like uh, four songs that you can listen to on Bandcamp right now. The actual album itself is coming out um, October 18th, 2019. So by the time you, you hear this episode, it'll probably be out or it'll be close to be out. I believe it's going to be self-released and they have a uh, very special like CD package with some stickers and patches and stuff you can get and you can get the digital download. This is some crazy stuff though. Um... I was really glad to come across this. It was actually mastered by Colin Marston, friend of the show uh, and uh, musician and producer extraordinaire. This is something that, right off the bat, on a surface level, you hear a lot of that Gore Guts Obscura influence. Yeah. Um, but these guys take it and twist it in some funny directions. These they they're not just like your Gore Guts wannabe band, as sick as that you know would be. If they if if all they did was rip off Gore Guts, they'd be pretty sick. But these guys take it and they expand it. They uh, the songwriting, I, I see. I'm not educated enough to say it's jazz influenced, man. But I definitely hear some sort of like funky, improvised, atmospheric element being thrown into the songwriting and the and the uh, creativity of it. And I feel like they take that obscure uh, brand of 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 psychedelic death metal and they add their own touch to it. And at times, they also bring maybe more of a straightforward. Uh, sound, a straightforward kind of uh, brutality that is still a little on the avant-garde side, kind of like your cephalic carnage or your weirder, more spastic grind bands. Mm-hmm. So these guys have a really interesting menu that they're they're picking from. You know what I mean? In, in terms of uh, what their riffing style is and how they're building their songs. You know, it's not... It, it almost makes Gorgut seem straightforward in a way. Because um, they, they just have these like long, expansive kind of passages to their music. Really weird stuff, Chaos Motion. I've only listened to this uh, these four songs that are available on their band camp before this album drops. I've listened to them a few times yesterday. 
Uh, and I said, I got to talk about this on the podcast. I don't know if I really understand exactly what's going on here. Well, that's Th- a good this thing. Is, this is wild. It, it, it necessitates quite a few listens. Uh, and like I said, I don't want this to get lumped in with just another Gorguts copy off or just another dissonant death metal band. This is some <clears throat> funky stuff. Uh, and it, it, it it's like on a bass level, there's a couple of riffs and uh, chords that, that are familiar. Mm-hmm. That'll pull you in. But there's a lot of uh, crazy jungle in here that, that you're, uh, you're not familiar with. So go slowly, okay? So that's Chaos Motion from France. Uh, and you go on their band camp. There's four tracks available right now from their upcoming album, which is going to be called Psychological, Psychological Spasms Cacophony Technical Death Metal. Dimock, oh, which was hmm. uh, mentioned before. I'm bringing in their we 2006 album. We didn't rehearse that. I just happened to bring them up. So, uh, yeah, this is their album, Knives of Ice. came out in April 2006. <clears throat> this is their third LP following Enter the Dragon in 1999 and Intercepting Fist in 2002. This is the first album by Dimock featuring John Longstrength of Origin. Mm-hmm. Um... And also Gorguts, Colored Sands, that album. Uh, the performance is just killer. Uh, all the other members in this band played in Ripping Corpse, which legendary New Jersey band. Um, Sean Kelly, guitar player here, just on the top of his riffing, riffing game. Super creative, full, really rich sounding. Uh, Scott Root's vocal style is very thrashy. It's almost like um, if you weren't familiar with this and you were like a Revocation fan, listening to this you might hear some inspiration there overall it's uh yeah it's a really nice package of death metal because the riffing riff is so the riffs are so creative they stay within the death metal box overall but the thrashy vocals and just the precision playing throughout this whole album is really killer so i really recommend checking this one out if you don't know it already knives of ice yeah this band is actually uh really big with the artificial brain guys uh, I was first exposed to this band when I joined Artificial Brain. They were actually working on doing a cover of one of these guys' songs. We never made we Artificial Brain's never been much of a cover, you know, cover band. We do a lot of originals, but they were they wanted to do a Dim Mock cover when I first joined the band. Man, that's to show you how much how much of a you know influence and a, you know these guys really love Dim Mock, man. Yeah, they, 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 we've played a lot of Dim Mock in the um, tour van.
Cool. So uh, my classic recommendation this week is uh, Botch, We Are the Romans, uh, released on Hydra Head Records in 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, Botch, really, a really interesting band that uh, that I've I've gotten into way too late in my life. Um, so this band formed in 1993. They're uh, Washington State, I believe, a Seattle suburb band. Um, widely regarded as as one of the most influential hardcore metal jazz bands, you know, of of the '90s and early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, with this album, especially being one of the most influential records that you would probably barely hear about. Um, Said, uh, yeah, go yeah. on, go on. Um, I need you on this, but like, cause, just because this is so new yeah. to me, but uh, but. You know their uh, their unique blend of beautifully painful hardcore metal jazz. Um, the use of odd time time signatures uh, was was you know their specific way of doing it was incredibly unique in the '90s. And uh, with their relentless uh, appetite for touring, um, you know it's it's interesting that that uh, that this band was kind of over the heads of a lot of people. Um, I guess maybe that that they set themselves in front of. But um, you have you have bands like Dillinger Escape Plan, Converge, Every Time I Die, Between the Buried and Me, uh, mm-hmm. all uh, putting Botch on a pedestal as 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 a main influence. And it, I, I had this like I had this incredibly emotional experience uh, going back and listening to to this record and and their their, their record before this um, of just hearing like the, the building blocks of, of of a lot of my favorite bands. You know what I mean? Um, I, because like this, this was sort of lost to history, at yeah. least for me when uh, when I was getting into heavy stuff. Um, so this album came out in 1999, which is interesting. Uh, same year as Calculating Infinity with Dillinger Escape Plan. Yeah. Uh, so you could tell there's something in the water. Um, but, yeah. I got. Yeah. I know. I was just gonna say. I think. Um, I don't know, man. I guess we have two different perspectives because I really see these guys as cut from an entirely different cloth as all that, man. Okay, and I, yeah. I, I feel like I, I feel like it got to be way more about showing off and about um, num- crunching numbers, uh, you know, and 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 time <laughs> signatures. These these guys weren't just technical for the sake of being technical. Uh, the, you know, this was just like the most soulful music. This is some of the most soulful music you can find, extreme or not. Well, sure, yeah, w- with the incorporation of these musical aspects of it. I know yeah. we have like a disconnect on, um, on like music school metal and or whatnot. Yeah, no, I'm just but, saying, yeah. like, like this is, uh, it is technical, it is innovative, it is really interesting, man. But I don't really see it as a lot of that that other stuff where it was, <clears throat> it didn't have as much. <sighs> It, you know, it didn't have as much soul or life in it as it did kind of just raw, like, calculated technicality. You know what I mean, yeah. man? With a lot of those bands that went on, man. I don't know. This is... Botch is a very special band. I could, the only... Like, I could really only put them in the same category as, like, Human Remains. Well, there there are quotes mm-hmm. by Dave Dave Knutson, the guitar player, who, who said that, you know, they, like, a lot of times they would play odd time signatures to fuck with the people... Who were trying to bang their head to their music <laughs> so that they would bang their head on the offbeat? Yeah, and uh, that 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 to me is like some things some things I project on bands yeah. because it fucks me up. But I I, I kind of love that aspect of it. And a lot of this record we came, uh, you know, we are the Romans are like uh, it, 
you know, has to do with like their frustration with the hardcore scene at the time in the nineties. Um, which, you know, I feel like a lot of those art pieces of, of, uh, self-reflection, even if it's reflection onto a certain scene, end up transcending that scene. And then people start, start to sort of idolize that, you know, that like, well, we weren't, we weren't that, you know, we were, uh, we're a part of the joke, man. You know, we're trying, we're, we're part of the same thing. Uh, but you know, you you listen to, to Dillinger, you listen to Converge, you listen to Between the Barrier to Me, you listen to Etid, you listen, to, you know, they, they're probably the most notables. And then you have bands like in the early two thousands, like Norma Jean, and uh, you know, and, and and stuff that we were just talking with uh, to with Dan that like, you know, maybe didn't have the longevity, but but for sure carry on that like that botch flag and like without without sort of botch making it okay. To detriment of themselves as a band, um, you know, maybe they, they wouldn't have had the sort of platform to sort of stand on. Um, I think that this, you know, this band broke up in 2002, um, way ahead of their time. Uh, while a lot of the the bands that they had influenced, or you can hear their their musical influence, whether that band would like to admit it or not, um, prevalent in in that music past them. Uh, you know, they they had ended, and that's okay. And that's fine. Um, so you know, I'm I'm kind of on on my own journey of discovery into into botch into into the sort of beginning of like mathcore and the, this beginning of like fuck with you, odd time musical hardcore metal and uh, having a great time about it. I, yeah, I yeah, just so. I, I know what you're saying, man. I, I just think that they um I don't know. There, there's just something about them that is it's 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 incredibly like. It's emotional, man. It's like, I, I really don't feel like they set out to be this technical and this this strange. It, it was it was an organic process. Yeah. They you know they didn't they didn't say let's write a really technical crazy song as the premises yeah. of, the, of of their sound. You know what I mean? I've been struggling with that too. Where it's like where did it where did it, where does it come from? Right, and it has to just come from like it just comes from the artists, right? It comes from the artists themselves, and if this is what they're feeling, they put it out. And, uh, and, you know, whoever they might have influenced, there's no control over that with the artist. Um, but you know, I, I don't like, I don't, I'm, I don't disagree with you. Like all all I would say is I, I wouldn't want to say anything to dissuade our listeners from checking these guys out by lumping them in with anyone. Um, well, if, if anything, any band that I've said would dissuade, I would say, open your mind a little bit. That's it. Because this, uh, and I'm agreeing with you. That like, yeah. Th- this band is absolutely worth checking out. This is uh this is this album. We are the Romans is, inarguably, I would say one of the most influential records of the of the '90s, late '90s, um, for a lot of bands that came out in the 2000s, and then bands that even bastardized off of that. Yeah. And what's what's funny, man? I saw these guys on on when this album came out on this tour. They played for like twenty to twenty five people at some tiny little bar in Nassau County, man. And what I always remember is they had this super impressive light show. The drummer had like triggered lights set up to different parts of the kit, so when you hit certain drums or, or certain like like the lights would be in rhythm with these crazy parts. Amazing. It was yeah. I mean, I was a teenager. This was a long time ago, man. Yeah. I'll never forget that, man. Yeah, they were just so far ahead of their time, man. And 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I would just recommend this to, to anyone who's looking for something really different and, and original and extreme music, man. Like mm -hmm. I said before, the only bands I would even bring up in the same sentence as Botch are like <clears throat> Demolich, Human Remains, uh, bands that stand, bands that you can't group in with anyone else. You know, yeah. that's that's all I'm saying. That This is like, the this is the benefit of a listener to the Heavy Hole podcast, because because I completely respect your insight and being there and seeing them. And then for me coming into this way later, I'm going to say like, there is no, there is no Dillinger without having them seen botch. There's no, every time I die, it was a heavy fucking band that you should pay attention to without botch. There's no converge without botch who produces a lot of your favorite records out today. There's, you know, there's, they, they run not a, yours, but you know, <laughs> the listeners. No, they run, they, they run a they run a solid course, man. <clears throat> this this is one of, this is one of those, um, uh, you know, if you were to draw a timeline, this is one of those uh, bands with a big dark circle over it, you know, or, or like point, and then a lot of points branching out over it. Yeah. After it, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and I love that we come at it from different uh, perspectives. And um, are you I, familiar I with? Uh, have you heard Minus the Bear? You know that band? Yeah, love Minus the Bear. And yeah, I was I was gonna bring up that David Knutson. Um, yeah. You know, uh, before the breakup of Botch, he had started Minus the Bear after uh, writing a bunch of riffs that just wouldn't fit with with the Botch sound. And then, um, you know, when, when the creative differences after they put this record out um, happened between him and the drummer, they kind of uh, they were just like, well, let's just quit where, while we're ahead. You know, kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, and I love Minus the Bear. I think Minus the Bear is a great band, brilliant band. I've seen I've seen them live a few times yeah. too over the years, man. I, I I remember buying their first album. I think it was Highly Refined Pirates. Mm -hmm. Was that was that the first album? Actually, I'm not sure. Okay. Actually, I, well, um, well, my, I, for me, Minus the Bear, like uh, I got into them with uh, Planet of Vice. That was and, the and second probably, one. Yeah, I should probably go back to. The, I think to the that, well, highly, highly different sound. I, yeah, that's I, I prefer that album over anything they did after it, man. And um, maybe because it has, a, it ha you could just hear that botch influence. It's yeah. funny to hear that the guy was writing riffs, thinking that they didn't sound like botch. Because sure, I couldn't see them being in botch. Yeah, but it sounds like botch is like a little bit more emo-ish, indie-ish twin brother. It sounds like, like you you're in the. If you were in the trenches of that band and like yeah. already were had some sort of like disagreement with any of your bandmates, like that wouldn't be like you know that wouldn't fly or something like that. You know, really like nuanced sort of disagreements that that uh, that people who who uh, aren't used to that sort of like tense writing situation like yeah, you know, it, would agree it just with. sounds like a, a you know you can tell it's the same guitarist pretty much you yeah know? For and, sure. and it's for people who are interested in, in botch or who have come across botch. I want to hear something that's not necessarily metal or hardcore, but along the same writing style and the same creativity and ingenuity. Minus the Bear, highly recommended band too. Absolutely. But we we got to do a whole botch episode. Yeah, I'm I'm into that. All so, right. Yeah, so, this is uh, this right. is what I, what's been on my brain lately.
Okay, so I brought tonight um, a Long Island relic, the band Inner Strength, uh, with their self-released cassette tape, Beyond Tomorrow, from 1992. Uh, This was recorded in uh, Legend Studios. Uh, Morpheus Descends, Sick of It All, Internal Bleeding have all passed through those halls. Um, Classic Long Island studio, I believe it was in Central Isop, Long Island. Not sure if they're still around. Mm. Uh, And also, another interesting fact, the guitarist of this band, Inner Strength, Joe Marcel, was the producer, kind of like the engineer uh, of the Afterbirth Psychopathic Embryotomy demo. Nice. Back in the day, yeah. Um, And I, this is a crazy story, man. I've been aware of Inner Strength. I have one of their other demos um, from a thrift store. It was kind of like a a dubbed, handwritten copy that someone had made for someone or whatever. And then uh, a few years go by, and Afterbirth plays this Death Fest, uh, New York Death Fest, earlier the month in August. And the next day, I go to the thrift store, hanging out, looking for tapes, and I find this Inner Strength demo that was recorded by uh, the guitarist of this demo recorded the Afterbirth. So crazy synchronicity in death metal, almost like our Dim Mock thing. Uh, it's a small yeah. world, and you're, you're sucking in a lot of that death metal energy. You're, what, what you're putting out with the metal energy, you get back in. So, <laughs> uh, metaphysical things aside, this Inner Strength cassette, apparently, I guess this was like a self-released kind of demo-style cassette, although it's very professional. I do, you know, I have the, uh, there's like this cool red print on the actual tape itself with this glossy metallic thing, and there's uh, portrait pictures of the guys with their long hair and their shirts open and all that good uh, 90s stuff. Yeah, um, gotta look good, man. Yeah, exactly, man. So uh, this was a really cool tape, and it was, um, uh, I guess it was released because they were gearing up to put out a professional album and actually tour opening up for Dream Theater, and then something happened with their label and the usual story, man, you know. But this band itself, honestly, Dream Theater came to my mind before I even read up on that because they're a very prog- very heavy but also very progressive band. Especially that, strength. Yeah. That of, early 90s dream theater that you can kind of like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys are like a little... They have like one foot in the kind of thrash crossover 80s metal thing, but then they, they do some very clean passages, mm-hmm. atmospheric stuff, unexpected things, really instrumental and musically expansive type of band, Inner Strength. I prefer them to Dream Theater, to be honest, man. I'll be controversial. I don't care. <laughs> shout, shout, shout to Joe Petrucci, man. All, it's all good, baby. Um, uh, but this is great stuff, man. And actually... In doing the research, just to tie in this like weird uh, metaphysical synchronicity moment I had finding this at the thrift store and the day after the Afterbirth show, a few days after that, this album was actually re-released with all the Inner Strength material wow. by Dive Bomb Records. Um, and uh, you can check out Dive Bomb Records on their website. They got a whole write-up on Inner Strength, the whole history of the band here, which is really interesting about how the band started. They put out some albums, they broke up, this and that. Um, and, and a, you know, little incidental things along the way. And this Dive Bomb Records may be just something to look into for fans of um, undersung 80s and 90s thrash and progressive uh, extreme metal bands um, that didn't really get a good shot the first time around. I noticed a lot of stuff that they're reissuing sounds great, but isn't necessarily the most celebrated in the genre. So the, a lot of bands getting a second chance. And um, this inner strength is not one to sleep on. Classic Long Island progressive uh, thrash metal. I guess I would box it in if I had to box it in. Really cool stuff, man. And um, uh, again, just a really cool connection for me personally. That uh, that original Afterbirth demo uh, re- recorded by Joe Marcel, the guitarist of Inner Strength. I can only wonder what he thought of those brutal slamming chug riffs as he was uh, going home to write this, you know, progressive Inner Strength masterpiece. Open mind, man. Yeah, open mind, man. So shout to uh, shout to the guys from Inner Strength if they're still around, kicking around Long Island, man. We're still enjoying the music. So Inner Strength, Beyond Tomorrow, my classic recommendation.
right, yeah, so Inner Strength from Long Island, man, my old school pick. And, uh, you know, just wrapping things up, we also want to thank Dan Valentino, also from Long Island. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> holding absolutely. strong. Yeah. Kick, um, you know what? Honestly, not just holding strong, kicking ass. Kicking yeah, man, ass. he's thriving. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love yeah. it, man. I love that Dan came down here, uh, you know, shared his knowledge. And- yeah, we got to get him back to share more knowledge about the business world, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really, like you said, kicking ass, man. Um uh, you know, just proud of him as somebody kind of from our extended circle of friends from our generation and the local music scene, yep. really doing his thing in the business world uh, and putting a, a nice face to, to the town of Huntington, mm-hmm. uh, you know, providing something there for people, to a destination for Huntington, Huntingtonians, but also in Amityville there, right down the 110 passage there, uh, providing something for the Long Island underground music scene. Yep. And I really like, uh, you know, when we talked about those VFW halls and those places not having shows so much, it does kind of remind me that's what they're trying to do, man. You know, yeah. just a, a space, um, a basic space with a bar and, uh, and a sound system. They're not trying to do anything scammy and rip off the local music industry. They're just trying to be there for the local music industry. Uh, D- yeah. uh, Dan's a, uh, you know, a good brother, like, in, you know, and he fucking, he's staying true to his roots. Absolutely, and, man. And we're all benefiting from yeah. that. Yeah, and you can benefit, too, uh, if you're from Long Island, live on Long Island, planning a trip to Long Island. Uh, like he said, that Paramount Theater in Huntington has plenty of shows, metal and otherwise, and you can check out his uh, New Wave Burrito Bar and uh, Vox Hall for your um, your craft beers and all that stuff. Yeah, get a nice burger. For yeah. That, yeah. yeah, man. And uh, also you can go down to Amityville, more towards the south shore of Long Island, and check out some more uh, uh, underground shows there. Uh, you know, that's where they have the hardcore and the metal shows and some more of your indie rock type shows, man. So shout to Dan Valentino, man. Check out all his businesses on uh, uh, Instagram. Yeah. And uh, if you're curious to do a little d- uh, deep dive, go back in time. There's a Love for Enemies, Buck Nasty, and Shepherds, the music groups he was involved in. It's the internet, baby. And speaking of things that you can find on the internet we're on instagram we're on twitter we're yeah. on facebook mm-hmm. uh we're on the phone though yeah the phone is fun so why don't you give us a call leave a voicemail at 631-837-3274 tom uh i just called and uh, i didn't get a doordash notification that my burritos were ready you uh, must have dialed wrong oh my god please that what's would the be number again that would be from new wave burrito bar yeah, from new yeah. my okay. new wave burritos are late yeah. tom what's yeah. the what's the heavy hole phone number jesus it's 631-837-3274 all right us a call I'll, I'll go have a beer about Vauxhall and i'll give you guys a call from and they'll leave you a little voicemail okay cool. all right all right we're getting silly guys yeah hey. Thanks to Dan, and uh, thanks to all you guys for listening and checking it out. We'll be back. Heavy hole. All right, uh, one. All right. Yeah, check it out, one. This, this is the riff to end on. Please.